Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlock. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. We are back again, brother. But before we get into today's discussion, we want to share a little bit about one of our upcoming events. We want to invite you and your churches to our first ever Christ-centered exposition conference at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. In the past, this was a workshop, but after much planning and prayer, we have decided to expand this into a two-day conference. This year's conference will take place April 28th and 29th, and we'll be spending the two days in the book of Jonah. Brother, I'm so excited for this event. We've got some excellent speakers lined up, including you, uh, Eric Redman, Jim Shaddix, Josh Redberg, and Chip Hardy. This event is for pastors, for church leaders, and for anyone who considers themselves a student of the Bible. In addition to the main sessions, we'll have breakout sessions that will cover everything from leading a women's small group to planning a preaching calendar through Jonah. So bring your staff, bring your whole church if you can. Register today to take advantage of discounted pricing. Visit cceconference2023.eventbrite.com to learn more and to register. We hope to see you there. Today, though, brother, we're going to have a conversation on the importance of patience in pastoral ministry. Mm. I don't know about you, but patience is certainly something that I have struggled with in the past. And if I'm being honest, I still struggle with, whether it's sitting in the DMV or waiting in line at the grocery store or just driving, period. Mm -hmm. I can find myself turning the patience switch off rather quickly. Mm-hmm. So let's get the conversation started by first defining patience. What is it? Is it just being able to wait for something for a long time? Is it not saying something you really want to say to that person that just flusters you whenever you're around them? What is patience? Hmm. Well, I guess to answer that question, I, I want to go back to uh, the the 1600s. Um, <laughs> Because in there, in uh, 1611, uh, you had the birth of the King James Bible. And in the King James Version, for whatever reason, it it didn't travel uh, to all of the other translations uh, since then. Uh, But there was a word that was used in the King James for patience, and that word was long-suffering. Long-suffering. Uh, it's it's really uh, just kind of a point-by-point translation of a Greek word, macrothumia, uh, macrothumia. Uh, uh, if you could think about what that word is, kind of think of an opposite of that, let's say microthumia, uh, what, what would that be? So a microthumia uh, or, or microthumia would be uh, the concept of, of being short-tempered. Mm. You know, short-tempered. Um, so a person who's a quick fuse, you know, it doesn't take much, you know, for that person to uh, to lose uh, to to lose their patience, to lose their their cool, if you will. Uh, and and we certainly know what that's like. Um, you know, you you I have, have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> right? Uh, you, know, you have some folks where you know they want something done and they want it done now, you know, and 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 they they don't have time to wait for especially anything. in this culture today. Oh, yeah. 
everything so fast paced. Absolutely, absolutely. Instant world, instant culture. Uh, you know, we. I I remember when my my folks came home with a uh, with a computer that had a modem in it. And all the little noise, the you know, all that stuff with uh, with the dial up, and and we thought that this was blazing fast, <laughs> you know, not having any clue of what right. was possible, uh, you know, that you click on something and it and it just you know it pops up, or you search, you know, put in a, a website and boom, it pops up on the screen. Um, now we look at that and we click, you know, enter. And and if, if we get that little spinning wheel, you know, we feel like, you know, th- this computer's broken. You just want to toss it out the window. It's taking too long. And you, how how um, how how quickly we've forgotten, uh, you know, how slow it actually could be uh, back in the day. But but that's, you know, microthumia. Well, macrothumia, which is what, uh, you know, in Galatians 5 would say the fruit of the spirit and, and so on. Macrothumia is that concept of being long tempered, if you will. And that's where the King James gets the word long suffering from. Um, it's the ability to uh, uh, to to take your time. <laughs> uh, it's the ability to um, to hold your your composure for a long time, to keep your cool, uh, you know, to not lose your mind, you know, when when things uh, are, are going a little bit longer than than you expected them to and 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 so forth. And so uh, that's kind of the way that I that uh, that I've always thought about patience, you know, as using that word as kind of the, the springboard for me. Um, it, it doesn't mean, of course, that, um, you know, that, that, that you, you don't get frustrated, you know, or, or anything. Of course, you know, there are things that, that need to happen in a certain amount of time. And if it doesn't get done in that time, you know, it's, it's, it's natural to be, uh, to, to feel the frustration with that. The question is, what do you do with it? Yeah. And so do you react to that and respond, you know, with, you know, with that, with anger and, 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 and so on, or you know, maybe sprinkled with self-control. Do you realize, hey, you know, we've got time here. You know, we can we can wait, we can process, we can keep our cool. We don't have to lose our composure. You know, uh, in the in the midst of, midst of all of that. I like so. how you put self-control there because mm-hmm. I always think of self-control and patience to be very much intertwined yeah. with one another. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, so patience is really that that macrothumia. It's that it's that um, long-tempered. You know, not short-tempered, but long-tempered, long-suffering. The ability to uh, to keep your cool over an extended period of time and so on. Uh, that, that That's really what I think is at the heart of patience. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spotlight here. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about a time recently you had to demonstrate some patience? Oh, yeah. In 2022 felt like that was the year of patience <laughs> for, for us. Um, it was, you know, the, the year was just wild. Um, there were just so many things uh, that that happened. I, I won't get into all the details, but we had appliances that broke down <laughs> every week. Uh, hold on, oh real quick. Goodness. Every week you had something mm-hmm. that was going on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Our our TV. Uh, we had a TV that that just you know the panel the the screen panel just died on us, um, and it took at least a month uh, uh, before we got a, a new one um, for that and. 
you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing when you're when you're you know watching TV on your phone. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it, a little bit smaller than what you had. Yeah, yeah. The big game wasn't really all that big. It was it was it was you know handheld. Um, and so that was that was a thing. A refrigerator, the compressor in the refrigerator uh, went up, and so we had to get that replaced. The guy who came in at first wasn't uh, the most trustworthy person. Um, and, and, you know, so we had another guy to come in and, and he was able to fix, uh, the problem, but, you know, that's an extended time of us trying to figure out and doing makeshift solutions, you know, to keep our food, you know, refrigerated, keep it cool and, and, and so on. Car issues, uh, our transmission blew last year, uh, in our, in our truck and, and so, you know, we had to get that taken care of. It was just all these things. And then on top of that, my my firstborn, uh, he messed up his knee. And so he needed knee surgery and all the time there with his rehab. Uh, and so it was just one after another, after another, after another of things that were popping up that required patience, yeah. you know, that required, you know, when you're talking injuries, the time that it takes for rehab and especially for him, you know, he's a teenager. He gets hurt. And uh, he hears that the recovery is is it, you know will take several months, but he probably won't be a hundred percent you know un, until about a full year, which he's he's, he's getting about that uh, that year uh, point. But in his mind, he hears, "Oh, well, you know, I'll be done in a couple of weeks." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, "No, son, it doesn't work that way." He's like, "Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm cool. I, I can break it. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. You know, I'll, I'll go outside. I'll and, set records. Exactly. I'll go out and play play football and you know work on my cuts and all that. No, son, <laughs> you can't do that. That's not how this works. You've got to you've got to go through the process. You've got to trust the process. And so, yeah, last year it just seemed like it was. One round after another round after another round of of things that were going on um, just in the day to day where it just seemed very clear that the Lord was was working on our patience. So you went a different direction. I thought your response to this question would have just been Washington commanders. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's that is a 23 year uh, test of patience. Um, <laughs> you find yourself often saying, "How long, O oh Lord?" <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I've I have grown spiritually in exponential ways um, with my sports teams. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, what about a time specifically in ministry mm-hmm. you've had to demonstrate patience? Oh my goodness! Well, pastoring is itself an exercise in patience. Um, I know we've talked about this before, uh, how many times we we overestimate what can be done in a short amount of time. You know, we think that uh, if we just you know, implement this discipleship plan, uh, everybody in our church will be walking yeah, with the Lord. Yeah, work for the church down the road. Exactly, exactly. Everyone will be walking with the Lord within a year's time or something. We just got to implement the right plan, you know. And uh, if we if we do this deci- uh, this uh, evangelism uh, ministry, you know, uh, our entire community will be, you know, will, will come to faith uh, if we do this. And we, we, we talk this way. And certainly some of it has to do with marketing and, and, and all of this. You know, they've got to talk up their strategies and so on so people will buy their products. Uh, the problem, of course, with that is most of the time that's just not how the Lord moves. Yeah. That's it's just a, not how he moves. It's amazing how, you know, we, we said earlier the world is just so fast-paced, how mm-hmm. much that has actually leaked into the church. Yeah, yeah. And we expect that ministry is, is going to be fast-paced and so on uh, and some some of that comes from fear you know we think that if we're if we don't if i can say it this way manufacture 
some type of fast paced, you know, uh, uh, high functioning uh, uh, structure and culture and so on, then that's going to turn off people. You know, because people don't like to wait, yeah. <laughs> people don't like patience, and 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 all of that. But I think that there's something embedded in patience that really is the distinctive of of Christianity. Uh, one, we serve a God who's eternal. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, as Paul, as uh, Peter would say in Second Peter, you know, a day of the Lord, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. In other words, He's got time. Yeah, um, He literally has time. All of the time possible, you know, is in is is with Him, and so you know, He's in He in many ways He's in no rush. Uh, you know, he can, he, uh, as we used to say in church, you know, he may not come when you want him, but he's, he'll be there right on time. Uh, that's, that's the God that we serve. And so there's a sense in which we get out of the HOV lane, if you will, and, and we get onto the business, you know, the business route. And we realize this is a, uh, as Eugene Peterson would say, it's a, it's a, um, uh, a, what is it? A long obedience, uh, in, in, um, in the same direction. I forget how he said it. Uh, it's that sense of we're, we're walking together. We we we're not we're not in any rush. You know, we're we're letting the spirit develop us. We're letting the spirit grow us and form us and shape us. And what that means then for from a um, just the pastoral's position, the the pastor's position is that you recognize that uh, you know this may be a ten year plan. You know, this may be a 15-year plan. Um, Some contexts are like that. You know, you go into more of the country, rural areas and so on, and and you just come in knowing this is going to take a while yeah. uh, because everybody moves a little bit slower. You know, we, you know we, we're not in any rush. Uh, but in other uh, contexts, it may be a, a lot more countercultural uh, to say we're going to take our time with this and, and we're going to let the, let the Lord grow us and develop us the right way. It takes a lot of patience. Yeah, small steps in a big direction. That's mm-hmm. what I always say. And I, as you're as you're saying, and as we're having this conversation, I always think about weight loss. Yeah, you know, it's the beginning of the year, and most people probably have at least at one time had on their New Year's resolutions or goals. I want to lose weight. What's What's crazy is how fast people think that is. Mm-hmm. Like if I just go to the gym for a month. I'm going to lose a lot of weight. Yeah. And that's typically not how that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always tell guys that our friends that are trying to lose weight, take the small steps, be patient with yourself, yeah. set goals, but be realistic that this is going to be a lifelong journey for you mm-hmm. and uh, just keep going at it. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy how, how we, just because of our culture, uh, we think that things have to happen on an unrealistic timeline. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked a little bit about this, but I want to I want to dig deeper into this. How much of a necessity is patience in the life of a pastor? Why, I mean, patience is something all of us should have. Mm-hmm. But why is it a necessity? Why, why should pastors strive for patience yeah. as they do the ins and outs of, of ministry. Yeah, I think in, in one way, we said before, it's, it's a mark of the Spirit. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit uh, is patience, uh, amongst, amongst other things. Uh, so you know that you're walking in the Spirit when you are patient, when you're patient with yourself, when you're patient with your people, 
uh, when you're patient with the Lord, you know, and, and waiting on him, uh, it's, it's a mark of the, of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, uh, another thing is, it's a trusting in God. Uh, I, I see patience as an act of faith. You know, you're trusting that God is able to do uh, what he's able to do. And, you know, you aren't going to turn to anywhere else. You're not going to look for any other solution um, or look for any other savior, if you will, you know, to help you in the situation. You're going to trust that God is going to do what only God can do. And that takes that takes patience. Um, I think about what Paul says to Timothy. It's, it's funny that we love 2 Timothy 4 too. Preach the word. And we, yeah, preach the word. Okay, yeah. Be ready in season and out of season. Oh, I know that part. In season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and re- and exhort. Oh yeah, yeah let's check. do it. Yeah, we got it. You know, I don't don't you have to don't have to tell me twice. You know, I love reproving and rebuking and exhorting people. With complete patience and teaching. And you're like, I'm out. <laughs> exactly. That's the part that we cut off. You know, we ran out of space <laughs> when it comes to that verse. But that is how the verse ends, with complete patience and teaching. And then he goes on to say, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Okay, we already said that we got to preach with patience. Why? Because there are people who aren't patient. <laughs> there are people who will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. And so then he says for Paul or for Timothy, as for you, always be sober-minded. Here's that word again: endure suffering. It's just it's another synonym here: endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. So it's that he says that we are to preach with patience. He says people aren't going to endure. He says, but you're going to have to endure. In other words, we set the tone as the pastors. We set the tone in our church uh, for how we, uh, how we relate to the word and our posture towards the word. There's a patience here. Uh, you know, people aren't going to endure sound teaching. You know, they're not they're not going to want to hear this week in and week out. They're impatient uh, with uh, with with what God is saying. God says this is the way that we're supposed to go, and we go. But I don't want to go that way. You know, I'm I'm not having fun. You know, I'm not enjoying this. You know, I, it's not it's not satisfying my my flesh. You know, and, and my desire. I just don't want I don't want to hear this over and over again. Instead of trusting that this is the direction that God wants us to go and that this way is good and this way is true and this way is right. And here's another thing to add to that. It's not always immediately evident that this is good and this is true and this is right and so on. There are many times where we look and we say this just looks and feels like the wrong direction. It's unfamiliar to me. It's going to lead to a lot, like like Paul tells to Timothy, it's going to lead to suffering. You know, it's going to lead to to trouble. You know, I may I may not have, you know, a a nice, comfortable life if I go into this in, in this direction. And yet patience is what tells me this is the right direction. God is faithful. And, and, and in the end of all of this, it will make so much more sense uh, than it probably does at the beginning. And so, yeah, uh, you know, as a pastor, you are the one who is shepherding your people, if you will, um, off of their addiction to instant gratification. 
and and you're leading them through the word to realize that God's way is best in the long run. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's because of that that we can have the assurance and and the comfort and the security and so on in the short run. Uh, because we know where everything is heading. So yeah, as a pastor, that's what you're doing. You're shepherding people for the long road. Um, you're walking with them in, on a, in a in a long distance, uh, if you will, long distance relationship. Uh, because we're talking about walking together eternally with the uh, with with the Lord. And um, yeah, so as you're as you're preaching, as you're shepherding, as you're caring for them, you need patience uh, to trust that that the Lord knows what He's doing. Uh, and you also need to shepherd your people to trust uh, in, in him for the long run as well. Yeah, patience is just one of the greatest tools mm-hmm. at our disposal to endure seasons of suffering, opposition, and just the everyday fallenness of those, the world. Uh, but it's something that does not come naturally, mm-hmm. right? It goes against the flesh in every major way. Like nobody just wakes up and says, you know what, I really want to be patient. Yeah. And I really want to endure you know these these difficult circumstances because one thing that we 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 keep bringing up is that we are going to experience trouble mm-hmm. in this life yeah and we can respond to that in one of two ways we can be patient and trust the lord or we can be impatient and go against that mm-hmm. and so it is so important that we learn to go against <laughs> what the flesh wants, which is yeah. an immediate gratification mm-hmm. or immediate escape from anything, trials, tribulations, whatever, and just to endure, yeah, to trust the Lord. And that takes practice. Mm-hmm. That takes going through some stuff. That takes wise counsel. And for pastors specifically, you need patience because you're dealing with other sinful people. Uh, I've just found, man, that that one of the ways that that we can be patient, that we can flex those and work out those patient muscles is just to reflect on God's patience towards us. Yeah. Like praise God for his patience towards us. When I'm experiencing impatience in my life, how good would it do me to reflect on how patient the Lord is towards me even when I find myself stumbling? Mm -hmm. How good would it do me to reflect on how patient he is with me each and every day from the moment I wake up to the moment I fall asleep. Yeah. I think for those of us, if you're listening to this and you find yourself struggling with patience, maybe you're on the road right now listening to this podcast and somebody just uh, you know, stopped when the, the light was orange. I, I say it's orange. My wife says it's yellow. I think it's orange. But when the light's <laughs> orange and they stop immediately so you can't go, you have to stop too and you're running late and you find yourself impatient, how good would it do for you to just reflect on God's patience mm. with you in order that we might conform, that as we conform to him, we become more patient with our circumstances and with the people around us. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I'm reminded of um, uh, some old um, books on, on the early church, uh, the early uh, patristic uh, era, uh, there were some folks who, who wrote during that time, or, or there were some folks in recent years who wrote on that time, uh, Alan Creator's book, uh, The Patient Ferment of the Early Church. Uh, and he talks about that word patience as being really a theme that was, uh, that, that was uh, commonly written on during those days, the days of the, 
of the patristic period. Um, uh, Gerald Sitzer wrote a book called Resilient Faith. Uh, there's that uh, kind of a synonym there, resilient uh, faith, uh, also dealing with the early Christians. Um, and there's several others that, that talk about this too. But there's this, just this sense that the early, uh, our, kind of our, our forebears in the faith, uh, recognized that if we're going to live uh, Christianly, uh, and you know, with our own sinful hearts and and understanding the process of sanctification, uh, in in a in a church full of sinful people, uh, and understanding that you know our ecclesiology, understanding that we we're, we're living together in Christian fellowship, uh, but then also in our witness in a sinful world, you know, and understanding uh, you know just the the realities of living among evil people, you know, who don't know the Lord and, and aren't being guided by the Spirit, uh, and also understanding that this world is is cursed, you know, and understanding the reality of death, you know, and, and realizing that viruses and natural disasters and, and injustices, and injustices all yeah, us. all these things that are going on, all of that requires then that we're to be patient. One of the things that I, I tell folks is there's a reason that when you came to faith in the Lord Jesus, he didn't just kind of beam you up right then, you know, and just this kind of instant personal rapture, you know, where you come to faith in Jesus and whoop, there you go, right up into heaven. Uh, no, you came to faith in Jesus and, well, you're, you're still here. And, and you wake up the next morning and you look in the mirror. Yeah, that's the same person. You know, it's me. <laughs> and what, what, what's going on? Well, why is all of this? Well, it's because, as, as we already said, this is a long road. Uh, this is this is this is a process of sanctification that you're uh, that you're embarking on, and and as you live this life, as you go through this again, that long obedience, um, you you realize that God is in many ways kind of incrementally uh, changing your life. Mm-hmm. He's slowly but steadily uh, conforming you to the image of His Son, uh, but that means that you're still open to. The, you know, all the drama in your own heart, in your own life, your own soul, all the drama in your home, all the drama in your church, all the drama in your community and this world, you know, and so on. You are still living in all of this. And so that requires a whole lot of patience, a whole lot of endurance uh, to say, I'm going to keep trusting in the Lord. I'm going to keep following him. Uh, you know, I'm going to keep loving my my neighbors, loving my you know my brothers and sisters in Christ, loving my enemies, you know, and of course above all, loving the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. So, yeah, um, the the reality of living in all of this awaiting redemption requires that we have a lot of patience. And it seemed like the early generations of the church understood that as a given. Yeah. Uh, perhaps we need to learn from them. Yeah, we say this all the time. It's nothing new. Yeah, it's, it's nothing new. I mean, Same we it thing. doesn't. It, it takes only opening your Bible to see how the things that we struggle with have always been struggles. Mm-hmm. Even in a non like we would say today is way way more fast paced probably. Yeah, but there were still struggles back then with patience, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's a good segue into the next question. So so what is the Bible? We've, we've mentioned a couple of verses. But what does the Bible tell us about the importance of patience in the Christian life? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, of course, we mentioned the fruit of the Spirit uh, as, as patience. Um, we uh, even talk about the Lord and His patience, um, how our, um, you know, the, um, the Old Testament will talk about the Lord being slow to anger. 
uh, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Uh, that was the name that the, that he proclaimed to Moses uh, there at the cleft of the rock um, in the book of Exodus, Exodus 34. And so you see that as well. Um, you see, uh, you know, the Lord exhorting us to be patient. Um, you know, for instance, in Luke 18, when the Lord is, uh, is, is teaching to the effect that we ought always to pray and not lose heart. Um, you know, uh, kind of an implication in there is patience. Uh, he gives the story of a widow uh, who was living in the city. Uh, seems like the city had one courthouse. And in the courthouse, you had a judge, and he describes the judge as one who neither feared God nor respected man. Great judge. And, uh, <laughs> and this widow uh, goes to the judge, and she, she asks him, you know, pleads to him, give me justice against my adversary. We don't know what the situation is. It's a story. Jesus is making it up. Um, but whatever, you know, you could just imagine just, you know, kind of thinking uh, fictionally about what's going on. Uh, you know, maybe maybe she's got an adversary who's moving the boundary lines. Uh, so that you know uh, her her uh, the value of of the of the, her property is is decreasing you know and, and there's nothing that she can do about it maybe maybe it's somebody here who's who's not giving her you know proper pay you know for for her job uh, uh, you know it could be something like that they can take advantage of her because she has no advocate uh, but whatever's going on she's she's going and it says that the judge just keeps on refusing her no get out of my courtroom no no I mean over and over and over again. It says uh, in Luke 18, for a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, (laughs) yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. In other words, you know, she's wearing me out. Her persistence. Yeah. It's like I'm so tired of seeing her face every time I I, I approach, uh, I, I go to my seat, I get to the bench. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Which is an interesting word. He asks, will he delay long over them? And And then he declares he will give justice to them speedily. Now, in our world and with our sense of time, It doesn't feel like speedily. (laughs) It doesn't feel speedily. And it sure feels like the answer to will he delay long over them is yes, because there are things that people have have cried out to the Lord for for many, many years uh, that the Lord uh, has has yet to answer in in the way that they you know, that they were hoping. And yet the what the answer that he's giving uh, that he's suggesting here is when we cry out to the lord the lord's going to answer the lord moves and the lord acts i take it to mean that even now god is putting pieces in place for the answer you know to our cries to him and and so on we don't see them we may not be aware of what he's doing but our awareness doesn't, or our, our unawareness doesn't mean inactivity, yeah. you know, from God. God's moving yeah. and God's working. It's just sometimes it takes a long time for, you know, for the iceberg to finally emerge, uh, you know, out of the water for us to see the little tip of what God is doing. Yeah. When I was uh, in school, I loved like the workbooks that we would get mm-hmm. that if you flip to the back, mm-hmm. there's an answer key. 
I'm not going to say I didn't cheat at times because I think that was I think there may have been times I looked I looked at the the answer key a couple times and I was really frustrated with the question. Yeah, but that's what the Bible is. Mm-hmm. The Bible is in a is a book that gives us the answer key. Yeah. So this whole time we're flipping through from Genesis three and onward, we're like, man, this is a fallen world. Mm-hmm. What can what can solve this? What can solve the injustice, the evils, the the all of these things? And here God puts his son yeah. as the solution to the fallenness of this world. Mm-hmm. He will not leave it like it is. Yeah. He will redeem it. And that's just amazing to see it that way, mm-hmm. that God gave us a book, and the book has the answers. Yeah. We don't have to search long. <laughs> he literally puts it where the problem comes up. Yeah. And that's just amazing to me. It's, it is. It is. You know, I think about Hebrews 6. <laughs> we, we have the passage that everybody frets about, you know, the warning passage in Hebrews 6. Uh, I just encourage folks to keep reading the rest of the chapter because the rest of the chapter is amazing. In verse 9, uh, the writer says, Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work. And the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints, as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And then he says, for when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater to, uh, by whom to swear, he swore by himself saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. And then he gives a little assurance. He says, for people swear by themselves or or swear by something greater than themselves. And in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. And then the famous verse, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Mm. And so you look at this, you go, God has given us a promise. He's sworn by his own name uh, that, that he is going to fulfill that promise. And so what do we do? Well, just like Abraham Several thousand years ago, we patiently endure and we wait and we hold fast to his promise. God will not break his promise. God will keep his word. And we trust in that and we show our trust in that by patiently, patiently taking one step after another, after another, uh, until God has fulfilled his promise. Yeah, And some days it it is clear we're making forward progress. Other days Mm -hmm. it may feel like you're, you're taking some hits. Yeah. But we trust him regardless. Yeah. Another passage that comes to mind is Colossians 3, mm. where Paul says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, mm. bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. So. Mm-hmm. You choose to put on these things. Yeah. Is it easy all the time? 
Absolutely not. (laughs) Take a drive down the highway and you will be tested. But we put these things on because we want to be more like Christ. Yeah, yeah. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That's uh, 2 Peter uh, 3.9. Um, and, you know, again, you know, where, where does that patience come from? It comes from uh, the very heart and character of our God. And so as we walk with him, uh, we, we are formed to be like him. And so he being a God full of patience, uh, more than we can comprehend, uh, we, as we walk with him and, and we learn from him, we are shaped by him. Uh, to be like him. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah. And so we uh, are patient with ourselves. Uh, we're patient, of course, with one another. Uh, and we are patient, uh, you know, in terms of our, our world and so on, trusting that God is going to fulfill his promise. Yeah. So some pastors might find it relatively easy to demonstrate patience with their members. They may find it easy to demonstrate patience with, with God, but harder to do so with themselves. Mm-hmm. Any advice for pastors who are specifically struggling with being patient with themselves? Yeah. I think that it can be. I, I, I qualify that with it can be. It, it may not always be, but, but it can be just a simple lack of faith. Yeah. Uh, that we as, as pastors, we, we trust in what God is doing in other people. Uh, but when it comes to ourselves, we kind of put everything on our own shoulders and, and think that you know, we, can, we can do something. Um, no, you have to trust the same the same Lord and trust the same gospel uh, as as uh, as you do for your people, and so yeah, we get frustrated with ourselves. I think partially because we think as pastors we should be you know further down the road than everybody else. Uh, it's going to be hard to lead people if you haven't gone if you aren't there yourself. Uh, but we have to remember as as shepherds that we're sheep, and as sheep, uh, you know, we are sinners just like everybody else. We uh, you know, we are we are foolish. You know, we can be foolish just like everybody else, and we have to continue to uh, to preach the gospel to our own selves. Uh, and in doing so, we have to continue to trust uh, in the work of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. Uh, we go back to the Lord, uh, you know, in repentance, uh, confessing our sin, uh, you know, trusting in uh, the finished work of Christ and the grace uh, that comes through Jesus. Uh, that the Spirit applies to our hearts um, so that we can get up and we can turn in repentance and walk in, a, in, in, uh, walk in holiness uh, towards the Lord. Um, it's, I think we also have a, a, a better memory of ourselves than we do of others. Right. Uh, so, you know, I remember what I did. Uh, I can forget many times what other people did. Um, you know, this person said something and, you know, I, after a while, you know, unless it was a really, really deep cut, um, I'll probably forget what that person said. And, and, and that's happened a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll even go over to someone and I'll say, Hey, you know, I said this, you know, some, some time ago and I'm so sorry. And the person says, you know, thank you for saying that brother, but I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. Um, well, I remember that and that's just human nature. We were, you know, I, re- I know what I did and I remember yeah. what I did. I remember what I said and, and, and so on. And I think that memory, um, uh, can, can impact 
you know, my patience yeah. <laughs> uh, because it'll come back and I'll remember and all of a sudden I'm right back in, you know, where, where I was back then and I can overlook the progress, you know, that has happened from that point until now. And so there, there's some times in which you, you know, you can't, you can't forget. That's the hard thing. And so, you know, when those things come up, you've got to, again, use it as an opportunity for the gospel and preach the gospel and say, yeah, you know, I did do that. And I'm really, I'm still to this day so sorry that I did that. Yeah. But God, you yeah. know, the, the Lord has, you know, uh, been working in my life and he has, you know, uh, given grace and so on. Yeah, you know, I shouldn't have said that. You know, uh, to the to the kids, you know, uh, you know, they they went to bed crying and, and, and everything. And, yeah, I'm a jerk and so on. But I'm, we're still on the right road. You yeah. know, the, the Lord is working in me. The Lord has not forsaken me. You know, go and ask, ask for forgiveness. Um, you know, uh, try to try to you know reconcile the relationship and, and, and so on. And trust that the Lord is the one that's still uh, in the driver's seat here. And he's he's going to keep working on you and shaping you and. And so on. I think kind of what you said before about the one step forward, two steps back. I think we, in some cases, those two steps feel like miles. Yeah. You know, like like one step forward, three miles back. Uh, it feels like that. But again, I think we have to trust God's word um, that uh, even in setbacks, the, the Lord has not forsaken us. Mm. Um, the Lord has not turned away. It feels bad. And maybe in some cases it may legitimately be bad. Yeah. <laughs> you you really screwed up on that one. But the Lord is still able. Yeah. And the Lord is still, you know, is still there. And he's he's already made up his mind that he's going to conform you to the image of Christ. Whether it's a, an achievement or a sin issue, the Lord is faithful. He's been mm-hmm. patient with you. And I still think it's just so good just to spend time. If you're really struggling with being patient with yourself, just spend time alone, reflecting on God's patience with you, his love for you. He has not abandoned you. Yeah. So just just remember those things. And if you're like me, because I'm someone who likes to set goals, mm-hmm. I like to know where the path is. And a lot of times when I don't achieve those at a timely man, in a timely manner, mm-hmm. I tend to beat up on myself. But I have to remember, I made those goals. Yeah. Like, I have those expectations for myself. Nobody else has those expectations for me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when I've told people what those expectations that were, they're not surprised I didn't hit them because they were impossible to hit. And yeah. so being aware of how to do this well, to identify your motivation, how to set goals and stuff like that, and not beating up on yourself, being patient with yourself mm-hmm. is very important because if you're not patient with yourself, you're going to hit burnout. Yeah. If you're not patient with yourself, you're not going to be in ministry very long. Yeah. And if and if I could add one thing, um, be overwhelmed by God's patience and mercy and grace and kindness, but don't deny his patience and mercy and grace and kindness and, and so on. I think sometimes we, we conflate the two. So we will have such a low view of ourselves, you know, I am but a worm, I'm a wretch, you know, and, and, and all the things that we say, that when we come to passages that talk about the Lord's love and the Lord's mercy and the Lord's patience, we almost, in I, I would say, in an unbiblical sense of humility, not the kind of humility that the scriptures would talk about, but, but this other humility, maybe in quotes, almost get to a point where saying, but God couldn't ever 
(laughs) have patience and kindness and because after all, I am but a worm, you know, and and so on. Well, what you're doing now is you're denying the work of the Lord. You know, uh, you're saying in grandiose terms, God can't. Yeah. And. Yeah, I wouldn't do that, fam. Yeah. God, God uh, has no ills. <laughs> don't, 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 don't do that. Um, no. Uh, yes, it's overwhelming, and it's true. Yes, you know uh, this. This is a God of incredible patience, and it's true that He is patient with you. Mm. He's patient with you. He loves you. He has been merciful to you and shown kindness to you. That's why I love 1 John 3, where, where John says, see what kind of love the Father has for us, that we should be called children of God. And it's almost like he knows that you would go, yeah, but he could, but he could. No, no. no. And such we are. I mean, I love that little, that little sentence that John puts in there just to go, no, 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 don't deny this. This is true. And such we are. That's who you are. You are a child of God. Um, and so in terms of the patience and the mercy and the kindness of our Lord, be overwhelmed uh, with, with this and, and be struck by the fact that all that he has said is true. This is real. Um, he really is like that. So that as you are beating yourself up, uh, you know, eventually you get to a point where you say, if God isn't beating me up, why in the world am I beating myself up? Right. You know, how could how could I possibly think that my standard is higher than God's? Um, and yet this God who is holy beyond comprehension is a God who who has the audacity to call us his sons and mm-hmm. his daughters and his beloved children. And he and yeah, and he loves us with an everlasting love. This this is not fairy tale. This is reality. Hmm. Uh, and so live in that, rest in that, you know, cut yourself some slack, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, because the grace of God is greater than you can imagine. Hmm. That's a good word, brother. Any final words of encouragement for pastors and church leaders listening this week, brother? Yeah. Um, in terms of ministry, take your time. Uh, you know, take the time to pray, uh, take the time to seek the face of the Lord. Uh, take the time to wait on his spirit uh, to lead you and guide you. There are certain things that are urgent that, that you know, require uh, you know, immediate answers. Um, a lot of things in ministry uh, just take time, and especially when you're talking about results. You know, the results, uh, you know, the fruit of ministry uh, typically is not an instant thing. Um, you know, just like uh, a lot of food, you know, the, the, the microwave doesn't always produce the best results. Uh, you know, the, the best meals are the ones that take time. Uh, and so you, you just be patient and, and wait on the Lord, wait for him to, uh, to move as he does. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, hope in him and hope in his promises. Uh, in terms of yourself and, and even in, in terms of your relationships with others, Again, recognize the the patience of the Lord, the long-suffering God that we serve. And as we see how he has been patient with us, uh, may that translate in, into your patience with uh, with yourself and your patience with uh, with your with others and so on along. Um, it's a long road. Uh, and and you know, I definitely encourage all of us to play the long game, uh, trusting that the Lord is the one who's going to make all things new at the end. Well, that will do it. If you made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate your patience. You see what I did there? 
<laughs> and we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. If you found this conversation helpful, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear any feedback you'd be willing to give us. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope we've done that today with this conversation. And again, brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.